welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast. I'm Raven, and I'm here with Andrew, one of our pastors at Providence Church. The goal of this podcast is to form disciples that live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Today, we're discussing common grace. Everyone, Andrew is having a rough morning as oh he potentially has go right pink eye. <laughs> I don't have pink eye, I don't think. Um, I actually don't really know what pink eye is. I don't know. I just remember in high school, I woke up one day and my eye was all crusted over and it was itchy and pink. Okay. Well, that's not what it feels like. Oh. It feels, <laughs> it feels like it's swollen and it hurts. Oh. I think that I got hit in the eye. Okay. So here's the deal. We've been sitting here for like an hour and apparently Raven's been staring at my eye. That's all bloody and messed up and she hasn't said anything. And all of a sudden I was like, I think my eye kind of hurts. And she's like, oh yeah, it looks horrible. <laughs> okay. So, I didn't say that it looked horrible. What am I supposed to that's say? That's how I experienced your words. That's oh, what it felt like. Lord. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's pink eye. Well, I, I don't really know what pink eye is, but <laughs> it feels like I got hit. Like it feels like it hurts. Like almost like it's bruised or something. Yeah. Well, is that pink eye? kind of swollen. I think pink eye does hurt, but I don't think you're, well, I do think sometimes the eye swells. Although you said you were playing with Jet and he might have hit I know, you. I think maybe last night he hit me or something. It feels like a bruise. Almost. Like it feels like if you get like mm. hit and it kind of gets like swollen or something, that's what it feels like. Yeah. I don't know. I can hardly see. On this job. <laughs> Do you think you'll go to the doctor or no, get medicine for it? It'll probably be fine. But medicine is common grace from the Lord. And that is our topic today. Wow. A woman in our congregation asked us a question about common grace. What is it? Where do we see it in the Bible? And how does it impact us as Christians? And we're going to talk about it today. Yeah. So why don't you start by giving us an idea of what <laughs> common grace is? So if somebody's never heard that idea before, what is common grace? Common grace, from what I've read and what we've studied so far, is God's favor in everything other than salvation. So the beautiful weather outside, the wonderful food that we eat, the medicine that we get from doctors. But you're saying that anything good yes, that comes to any, anybody yeah. is common grace. Yeah. So the sunshine, the rain for our plants. I mean, couldn't you even say like a paycheck or is it more natural things? Yeah. I think you could say anything, like anything good that comes to people apart from salvation. So I think theologically, that's where we make a distinction between what's often called common grace and saving grace. So saving grace is anything that has to do with our salvation. So anything that God graciously gives us that we do not deserve in salvation is what we would call saving grace. Mm. Common grace is basically anything else good that happens to you mm. or that you experience or, yeah. Yeah, which I feel like, I've heard people talk about before and we see it in the Bible, but I'm also thinking, okay, why does that matter? It's yeah. just a term. Well, yeah, to you're define. not sure if you believe it. Well, no, I believe, believe it. it. I just think it's just a term to define everything else that's good in the world. And it feels like it's just something that we decided to name. And then it just doesn't really have any bearing on us or on life. Like, why does it matter if we acknowledge common grace? Why can't we just say, oh, this beautiful earth is from the Lord and that's it? Yeah. So I think that maybe the short answer to that is in our theology, we would say that God is the creator of all things. So he is by himself, he, he created everything that is. 
And so he created the world to be in relationship with him. He created the world to function like fully in the best way possible. He created all good things. However, in Genesis 3, we see that uh, Adam and Eve sin. So they bring sin into the world that fractures our relationship with God. But it also, Romans 8 says, it caused um, the whole world basically to be broken and fractured. So now you have God who created this whole world that's fractured and you have his like the pinnacle of his creation, which is humans who are essentially treasonous now. So they, if you think of God more as like a king and we are like the citizens in his kingdom, we've basically rebelled. We've committed treason against the king. So what do we deserve? I mean, biblically, it says we deserve death. We deserve separation from God. We don't deserve anything good from God. So the question you have to ask mm-hmm. is, well, why then do good things happen to people? Like, why is the world beautiful? Why do we have the sunshine? Why do we have, you know, good food and good things that we get to experience if we're all treasonous rebels? Well, but some of us are redeemed and saved. And we're going to say, oh, we can only have rain and sunshine on the saved and not on the wicked. No, that'd be weird. Like, think about it. You just have a, (laughs) you have sun following you everywhere you walk in like beautiful pastures and then there's death and decay everywhere else. Right. Well, so why should everywhere else have good things from God? Ooh, this is kind of weird. I don't actually have a good basis for this. I just think, well, two things. One, probably not a great view is just the people that are saved would not reap any benefit at all. However, I don't think that's actually biblical or a helpful explanation. Well, if the whole world were just corrupt and evil and nothing would be good, then even the people that are chosen and saved would experience bad and ugly all the Mm -hmm. time. But I don't think that's actually what would be the right answer. I feel like something that would make more sense is the fact that God created creation in the beginning and said that it was good. And then because of the fall of sin, we fractured that relationship with God, but it's not like he condemned all of creation, right? Well, all of creation is in some ways condemned or has fallen with humans. The world is broken because of our sin. But I think the the question that common grace gets Hmm. to more is specifically for humans, why is it that... Because even, I mean, there's probably a way in which, okay, this is, I'm not saying a Bible verse. This is just thinking, but there, there seem, there's probably a way that the world could have gone on functioning with the sun and the rain and all the beautiful things in the world, but humans not experience it in some ways. I mean, the, the, oh. the, the actual effect of sin is death. So in some ways, the human race mm. could have just died off yeah. or we could only experience death. Like I could have set something up to where we literally Mm. do only experience death because that's what our sin deserves. So even if the world still had some elements of beauty and good to it, he could have made it in a way that made us not experience those things. True. But I think we would still experience our own form of good because I think especially as humans, I mean, we all have different perceptions of reality in the sense that when I look at a red bag, that red bag might look something different to you. And the way that we see the world is different. And so I would say that something that could be good for us as the human race might be a shadow of the goodness that it actually is. So we could still experience creation, but I think in our own minds, we would still call it good, right? Um, 
I have to think a little bit more on that. I don't. I mean, yes. I mean, I, I guess I kind of get what you're saying, but I don't think that as humans living in God's world that we deserve to experience mm-hmm. anything good. And I think life apart from God would be so like heinous and horrible that I yeah. don't know if you would actually, I mean, maybe you could have a sense of something's better than something else that you've experienced, yeah. but I don't know that there could anything truly be, they could be truly good that you would experience. Well, then do you think it's because life isn't completely apart from God? Yes. We're born in total depravity and we're completely sinful. However, for those who are chosen by God, could it be that we're not completely separated by God? So if you think about hell, that's like devoid of God and his spirit, right? Or is his spirit there? I actually don't know. Oh my it's word. Okay, topic. okay. We'll get there some other time. I think it's the elimination of common grace. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm being honest. I think, that's, I, I think that in hell, there will be no experience of common mm. grace. So there will be the removal of any kindness that God would give and it would just be the experience of God's wrath. Where here there's a separation from God in a sense that, you know, people who do not follow God through Jesus are separated in a way. We don't have communion with him. They don't have the spirit of God living inside of them. However, they still experience common grace from God. So there's still the kindness and gracious. So God is so gracious and loving and kind. Like that's just so much of who he is that he lavishes all of that out, even on rebels and Mm -hmm. people that don't follow him. And that is just utter kindness. But that kindness and common grace will actually run out at some point for people. They, mm. And it's not that he has no more left and it runs out like his fuel tank hits empty. It's just there will be a time when judgment will actually come and they will face complete wrath separated from this common grace. But for now in this world, for you know however long the world's been running, he's been offering kindness and common grace to people. Mm, that's interesting. I feel like in a small sense, it makes sense logically because, well, we'll get into the whole complete separation from God later. But if you think about hell being removed of common grace, like in this world now, especially as Christians, we still have the opportunity to commune with God, to be with God in a limited sense. And so it feels like it would make sense to experience his common grace in our everyday lives just in a limited sense, because then in heaven, it's going to be the fulfillment of everything. Like there won't be any brokenness or sin. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but it feels like it makes sense in my mind a little bit as to why we would have it. But I also feel like we didn't completely answer the yeah. question. Well, and I think, so if the question is, okay, what exactly is common grace? And we're saying that is just anything good that comes. Again, the reason that we have common grace or that you know, we talk about common grace, it's not because in the Bible there's the phrase, like the phrase common grace doesn't appear in the Bible, but it is us making sense of that question of if everyone has fallen and everyone has rebelled from God and what they actually deserve is death and separation, why do we all experience good things at the hand of God mm. even when we've sinned against him and rebelled from him? Because we don't deserve that. So by definition... That has to be grace because right. everybody, even you know, non-Christians, are living in God's world. This is mm-hmm. still, whether they acknowledge it or not, this is still God's world. And so 
anything good that they get is from the hand of God. And so we're just answering with, well, the answer is common grace. The question that common grace answers is how can people who have fallen and have run away from God still experience good things, which we see in the Bible, that idea Mm -hmm. theologians have just given it the phrase common grace. Right. Yeah. And it makes me think about Matthew 5, 45, where it talks about, God causing the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I feel like that is the verse that I think about for common grace, but are there other verses that you think of? Yeah. So in Genesis 39, it's the story of Joseph and Genesis 39, five, speaking of Joseph, it says from the time that God made him Joseph overseer in his house and over all that he had had, the Lord blessed the Egyptians house for the sake of Joseph. So God is working through Joseph for Joseph and his house, but in doing so, he's actually blessing the Egyptians. So if you read mm. the whole story, the Egyptians are this, you know, superpower in the world and and a lot of good comes through the Egyptians through Joseph. So they're experiencing this like grace from the Lord and this prosperity. Now the Egyptians weren't followers of God. They were idolaters, Pharaoh primarily, um, but they were experiencing all these good things basically from the hand of the Lord, even though they weren't following him. Mm. Or you could go to the New Testament and in Acts uh, 14, 17, it says, yet he did not leave himself without witness for he did good by giving you, this is non-Christians, the people that Paul's preaching to by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food. So uh, again, he's saying here, God has given you rains. He's giving you fruit, like your crops have grown. You've enjoyed good things. And these are people that don't follow him. And so Mm. we see this throughout the Bible where people who theologically we would say are still in their sin, rebels running from God still are experiencing blessings from the Lord. And so there's a number of places you mentioned Matthew five that talks about how, yeah, he brings rains and sunshine and he brings good on those who don't love him. And that's just grace that God gives to people. Yeah. I think the part that I struggle with as it relates to common grace is why this is important for us as believers. Is it just so that we see that God is the giver of all good things What do you think? Kind of. I feel like that's the only (laughs) answer I have is that it allows us to see that the sun, the rain, nothing is haphazard. It's all from the hand of God, but that's it. I mean, yeah, I just can't think of another reason of why we have to fixate or even really acknowledge common grace other than the fact that God is overall. Yeah. I think one thing I would say is just like anything else, if it is biblical and it's true, then it's important for Christians to have within their worldview. Mm -hmm. If we look at some of these passages and say, okay, there is a way in which God blesses those who don't follow him. And that's a, that's a grace that he gives. Now we've added that word common to make sense of it and to help us communicate about it, you know, leave or take that that's fine. But the idea has to be within our worldview if it's true and it's biblical. So I think that's the first thing as Christians, the Bible just helps us get a well-rounded worldview of how to make sense of the things in the world if this is in the Bible and it's true, then it's important for us to have within our worldview. But I think the second thing Mm -hmm. is, I think it just shows the complete kindness 
of God. Like it just mm-hmm. makes God, because I think sometimes we can see God as being angry or, you know, if you don't follow him, he's going to send you to hell and he seems really rough and mean and whatever. But the fact that people can live 60, 70, 80, 90 years here on earth and experience just good thing after good thing after good thing, I think just shows how kind our God is. They, mm. they don't deserve that. Like I didn't deserve, you know, before I became a Christian, I didn't deserve any of that. I didn't deserve the saving grace. You know, we talked about that last season a lot within salvation, that this is all by utter grace that we're saved. Well, this is just taking it a step further and saying, actually, even apart from salvation, everything good that you have, you didn't deserve. It's just that God is so kind mm. that he gives even to treasonous rebels, just amazing things that they get to experience in life, whether that's good jobs, um, good relationships, good food, good experiences in life, like all of that stuff. That's just the father being kind to them. And so I think it can help us see our father or God, you know, almighty being even more kind and gracious than sometimes we view him. Hmm. Is common grace different from the day-to-day grace that you receive from God. So for instance, say I'm really behind on a project and I say, man, God was so gracious because the deadline was actually extended or I was supposed to go on this coffee meeting, but this person wasn't able to go. And so by God's grace, he allowed me to rest or be with him. Or is that common grace? I'm starting to think of common grace as just good food, kind of external things, Mm -hmm. but would it also count as those moment to moment times where you experience God's grace personally? Well, this is a little hard because as I looked up a few different theologians and how they defined common grace, they all specifically, at least the ones that I read, they specifically defined it for people that are not following God. So like Mm -hmm. for non-Christians, the graces they experience. And I think in that sense, what, what these different theologians would say is, yes, all those things that you mentioned everything, that anything good that would come is common grace. I guess the question that I have more is for Christians, and maybe it's not necessary to break this out, but for Christians, yeah, like the little things day to day. So do I experience common grace when I, you know, eat something that's really, really good Mm -hmm. and it's just like, you know, it's just a grace from the Lord. Or like you said, if there's a circumstance in your life where you would say, I mean, the Lord is really gracious to me today because of this, whatever it is. I guess I don't know if that would be common grace. I would have assumed Mm. before I kind of studied a little bit for this, I would have thought that that was common grace. That in my mind, saving grace has to do with your redemption and your salvation in Christ. So anything that, you know, wraps up into your union with Christ and you having your sins forgiven, shame taken away, and you actually walking with God, anything else I would say is common grace. Although that's not what some of these theologians would say. Mm, So I I don't know. I guess I'm a little bit stuck still on that point. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. And it makes me question too. Okay, then when it comes to believers, what would these theologians say as it relates to grace? Like if it's not called common grace, what is it called? And are we just getting stuck in terms? Yeah, I wonder if the term thing, because again, we don't really have the distinction of grace. We just see it played out in different ways. So we have, you know, obviously the grace of God for people that believe in him, his people that is given to us through Christ. And then we have all these different passages where it talks about non-Christians being blessed and the the rain and the sun going to believers and non-believers. So we have that. 
and we give that the word common grace, but I guess you probably could go too far where you try to distinguish every little thing and it's a saving grace or common grace. And I don't know if that's necessarily the point. I think the point is seeing God as an incredibly gracious and kind God that he would give good things to his people and to those who he created, but are rebels and who are not following him. And he still gives kindness and and grace to them. Yeah. So if you guys have any further thoughts on that or any comments or questions, please email us at formation at providenceomaha.org. And also this podcast episode was from a question that someone had submitted. So if you have questions, please send those in to formation at providenceomaha.org. Thank you again for joining us today. The goal of this podcast is to form disciples that live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. We'll see you next week.